the video. Uh, we're hiring new people in junior high. Uh, Jeremy is one of those people. Brittany here, we know Brittany. She's been here the last couple months helping us with worship in junior high since Jason left. She was at camp with us. That was an incredible time at camp. And as we were searching for our next junior high worship leader, um, she was filling in, helping us while we were looking. And once we started doing the interviews, and I interviewed, I honestly interviewed probably 20 people, okay? Not one of them stacked up to Brittany. Brittany surpassed all of them. So we thought, why are we looking for some worship leaders somewhere else? Why don't we just look like right in front of us? And Brittany was there. And so I offered her the job last week, and she accepted it, and she is going to be now our new junior high worship leader. Why don't you guys give her a hand? So she's going to take, uh, the baby's going to be here in about a month, and she'll take a couple weeks and, you know, you know do, do the whole thing. So we'll have some people filling in. Then she'll be back with a baby, a cute baby that she'll have here that she'll let only some, only her favorites will be able to hold the baby. So if you don't get to hold the baby, you know where you stand with Brittany. I'm just I'm joking. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but... It will be awesome rebuilding the junior high team. Good things are ahead. All right, enjoy yourself. I'll see you later. Go. All right, uh, grab your Bibles. Grab a pen and some note paper. You're going to want to take some notes. This lesson, this is a note-taking lesson. You're going to want to take notes on this lesson. We're in week three of a series we've been doing for a couple weeks now called Emote Control, and it's all about emotions. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Justin, emotions, like how, how uh, we've been learning stuff, but how does this apply? How does this actually apply? Well, I, I want you to ask yourself this question as we get into what we're going to learn today. It's going to be up here on the screen. Here's the question. Here's the question. What do you find tempting? Now, everyone has a different answer for this. What you find tempting doesn't necessarily, you know, someone else isn't necessarily tempted by the same thing. Everyone is tempted by different things. But you have to ask yourself, and you can be honest, you don't need to share with your name, you don't need to tell them, but you can be honest with yourself, you know, think of it, like, what tempts me the most? Uh, here's a couple things that I came up with that I think are tempting to some people. Uh, I find this to be very tempting uh, when I'm about to maybe leave for church or, you know, maybe you guys are headed off to school and you see your Xbox sitting there and you're like, man... Do I really need to go to church today? You know, I've been learning this Jesus stuff for, do I really need to go? Do I really need to go to school today? I find that very tempting. Uh, I find this, girls, I find this to be very tempting. You tell me what you think. One Direction, right? Is that tempting? All right, some people, it, you know what? It's been kind of iffy. It's been kind of iffy. Some people are like, that's not tempting at all. Some people are like all about One Direction. It seems like the boys are really more for One Direction than the girls are. It's very, very strange. Very strange. Very, very. All right, boys, this will be very tempting to you. See this? You're going to love this, okay? Very tempting. The chapel across a water bottle right for the flipping. You know, the, that temptation of can I cap it on the cross? If the cross is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for, for capping. And, and, like, I can do, and it's very tempting. The, one of my... Uh, my life group meets here at the church. We meet over in the chapel. And one day, the boys went in early. And literally, and they're, they're up on stage in the chapel. And there was a guy praying in the chapel. Okay? The guy praying actually was one of our leaders. The students didn't know that. And they're up there trying to flip bottles on the cross. And every time they do, you say, God, if you just land this one, I'll believe. And it's just very, very strange. Very, very strange stuff. All right. Uh, this, 
This for me, I know, I, I see him up there, but that's not that hard. Anyone can do that. I do that all the time. Uh, here's one. This is very tempting for me personally. All right, when I see this, my wife goes grocery shopping, and there's a new thing in Nutella and whipped cream, and I'm just like, I just want that so bad. You know, temptation usually is cut into two categories, students. Usually cut into two categories. There's the things we're tempted by. Hey, hey, shh. There's things we're tempted by that we have no access to. Like, we can't get that thing that may be tempting us. We can't get it. And then there's things we're tempted by that we have access to. It's things that are readily, easily available. When I was a kid, I used to, I didn't study for tests as much as I should have. And there was this one kid uh, who sat on the row beside me in one chair up from me in class. And whenever we took tests, he was just notoriously bad at, like, you know, you know, covering his answers. And, you know, especially if I didn't study, like, there was this temptation to kind of look over. You know, it was very easy. I didn't feel like I was hurting anybody. Sometimes temptation, you feel like if you just give into it, you're not hurting anyone. And then I was looking, I felt I was just compelled to look at this guy's paper. And he had glasses on, so he was super smart. I mean, he used to, if you have glasses, you're already a little smarter than every other kid. It's just true. And, and so, and I would commonly, I know you're doing jumping jacks back there, and I would commonly be tempted to look over at his answers. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I gave in. Sometimes I gave in to temptation. You know, temptation sometimes is a thing that you feel like, well, if I just gave into it a little bit, if I just gave into it a small little bit, it's not that big of a deal. Now, here's what I've learned over my years, okay? This is what I've learned. I've learned that when you give into temptation, it may be really good and be all right in the, you know, the beginning or might feel all right in the front end, but in the back end later, we end up regretting it. You know, something that we're tempted by, something that we give into, we might feel at the time, oh, this is no big deal. But in the long run, we feel things like guilty. We feel embarrassed, shameful. We feel a big R word, the word of regret. We give into something that's tempting us, and we feel a lot of regret over it. Now, where we kind of, you know, pivot or, you know, move, we kind of think, well, you know, Jesus, he can't relate to the things that I'm tempted with. You know, this, this surely has to be one of the things on the list of faith items that Jesus just doesn't relate to. Like, he just can't understand what it's like being in school, walking down the hall, and, you know, the, the cheerleader or the football players walking the other way, and they kind of give you a wink, and you're like, you're so tempted to go over there and ask for their, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, but you, they, they, there's no way Jesus can relate to, you know, cheating on a math test. There's no way he could relate to, like, you know, lying about, you know, wanting to, you know, being sick so he could stay home and play video games. There's no way Jesus could be tempted to eat a completely full jar of Nutella alone and not share it with anyone else. There's no way Jesus could be tempted the way that I am tempted. But here's the best thing about Jesus. Jesus lived a life as a human being, God coming down in human form, giving you the opportunity. This is so important. This is so important. Because I'm telling you, students, if you miss this, it's like, it's like you didn't even show up today. If you miss this, you miss everything. Jesus gives us the opportunity to see how he reacts to situations that we deal with. So you think, well, I've, you know, I get tempted by things, but Jesus can't relate to that. And I'm tempted by things that are actually obtainable. There's no way Jesus could relate to that. Jesus can relate to things that are obtainable because he was tempted in ways and things that he could do. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to the Bible, and we're going to learn something from the book of Luke today. This is one of my favorite books of the Bible. You're going to love this book. It's Luke chapter 4. So why don't we put it up here on the screen? Luke chapter 4, it's on page 1012 in your books. Uh, 
Who brought their own Bible today? Where are my Bible bringers? Yeah, there we go. A couple people. All right, good. All right, now listen, I have a Bible here to give away because I want everyone to have a Bible. Does anyone have a need for a Bible? They don't have their own Bible. Maybe they have a Bible that's like a kid's Bible. They really need a Bible. You right there, you need a Bible? You don't have a Bible? All right, here you go. Ready? Catch. It's very heavy. Don't get hit in the face with it. All right. That is now your Bible. So now you have a Bible you can read. I use that Bible all the time. So you're going to love that. I wrote a little note in the front cover for you. Enjoy that Bible. This is what it says in the book of Luke, chapter 4. Just to give you a little background, Luke was a guy, very professional guy. He had a lot of different careers. He was a doctor. So if anyone's ever been the doctor before, people would go to Luke as a doctor. Historian, so he would look up stuff and research things and write these big elaborate papers. And he was hired by a guy to research this person, Jesus, and then write this big book about it. And this is what it says. So everyone, look at your Bibles and look at the screen. I don't want you to miss this. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, which is a beautiful river. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted, this is important, by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all that time and became very hungry. Now listen, I don't know if anyone's ever not eaten for 40 days, most likely not. Maybe if you haven't eaten since breakfast, you're sitting here just losing your minds right now, you're very hungry. Like I, I don't know what it's like to not do something for 40 days. Uh, I was in my life group recently, and I'm looking at sitting next to one of my kids, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, it, has, it sounds like you haven't showered in 40 days. So like, I know what that's like for the boys, just like, you know, they, oh, a little bit of that. So I know what that's like. I know what it's like, uh, you know, to be excited for something for 40 days in a row. You know, Christmas is coming, or birthday's coming, and like every day, you just can't get your mind out. Big vacation's coming every day. You know, you're just so excited. But, but imagine being tempted for 40 days, no pause, no break, and there's also no food, so you're very, very hungry. That's where Jesus was. See, this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus faces, and if you're taking notes, it's a perfect note-taking moment. He faces the things we face, and sometimes he faces them in extremes. Jesus faces the things we face, but sometimes he faces them in extremes. You might think, oh, I've never been tempted for 40 days in a row. I've never been tempted for five days in a row. Here's the thing. Jesus faces what you faces, and sometimes he does it in extremes so that he can really say with honesty, he's experienced what you're experiencing. Now, this is what happens in the next verse. This is so good. I broke this up into three temptations for you. Temptation number one. All right, this is so good. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Now, here's the thing. I want you to listen to this. Girls, I want you to listen to this over here, okay? I want you to listen, okay? Back then, bread was like just a common part of the meal. They would have bread every, so it was a cultural thing. You know, they'd sit down for Passover, one big religious celebration. They'd break bread. They had bread around the table. Bread would be part of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, they would always have a loaf, and they'd always break it apart. Last supper, they took bread, and they broke it apart, passed it around the table. Like, there was a cultural element to, like, bread being a big part of what they knew. It was also a, a part of the diet element. Like, they, they ate bread regularly. It was a part of what they ate, so their system, you know, it was like, it was ready for it. Like, when they fed the 5,000, like, you might think, like, what could you pick that 5,000 people will, like, eat and, like, not have a problem with? I'm a very picky eater. Like, cheese, like, you put cheese in a cheeseburger, like, I'll, I'll claim, you know, starvation. Like, I'm not going to eat cheese. So, like, what can you pick that everyone has in common, can at least eat? And Jesus picked a couple of fish and some loaves of bread, and because that made sense to everyone that was there. So, here's the thing. When Jesus is tempted, Satan is picking things that are natural for Jesus, 
When Jesus is being tempted, Satan's picking things that Jesus is familiar with and knows about. You know, he's picking a food that, you know, he knows well, something that's part of their culture and a part of their diet. But he's using, he's twisting it. You know, he's looking at Jesus and saying, listen, if you're so powerful, like, you can totally do this. Like, you must be so hungry. There's a reason Satan picked food as the first thing he tempted Jesus with. You know, this, I kind of put this in the category of the right now temptation. Like the temptation of the, well, you know, you could have this right now. You don't have to wait for it. You can do it right now. Do you, do you want it right now? And, it, and there's no patience. There's no, uh, you know, maturity in this. It's just the immediate gratification of whatever you want. You know, Jesus responds in like a way that I hope we could respond. And he says, people don't live by bread alone. This is really what he's saying to say. He's saying, he's saying no, 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 I'm fine. Like, there's more to life than just having bread. I think I'll stay hungry and, and know that there's more to life than just having what I want right now. See, even Jesus knows that there's more things to life than just what's right in front of them. There's more importance to life than just having your right now needs fulfilled by having some bread, having some food. You know, here's the takeaway. Uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. You don't have to write down all of it because it's kind of long, but you can write down some of it. Uh, it's going to be on the next slide, so you're going to see it right here. Temptation tells us that we need to satisfy our desires right now, but Jesus tells us that he is the only thing that can truly, that truly satisfies us forever. So this is what he's saying. This is what I'm saying. It's easy for temptation to say, you know what? You need it now, and you should have it now. You want good grades? You just got to cheat. You just got to do it now. You want that thing? Just put it in your pocket. Just have it. Just take it. You want, some, you want to grow in your hierarchy of popularity at school? Then you know, do whatever you have to do. If, if you got to bully that person or if you have to leave that friend group somewhere you know, that you're comfortable and safe, you have some good friends, leave that friend group for another group of people that maybe don't like you for the right reasons, but at least you're more popular. Like, Jesus saying, there's more to life than the temptation of right now, that Jesus, he's the only thing that can truly satisfy us forever. You know, Jesus knew this. He's looking at God and saying, man, I, I could take the bread totally, but there's more things to life, there's more important things to life than just saying yes to what I can have right now, that there's more important things. You know, it's hard for us sometimes to buy into that. Sometimes we are the easiest people to give into the right now. I don't know if you've ever found yourself giving into the right now. I know I have. And I've lived the regret of it. I've lived sometimes the shame of it or the embarrassment of it. The right now temptation is something Jesus experienced, and it is not a good thing. It's not, it's not easy to say no to, but it's harder in the long run when you say yes. All right, here's temptation number two. This is uh, verses 5 through 8, so if you're taking notes, verses 5 through 8, temptation number two. Then the devil took him and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in, uh, in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority to rule over them. So, you know, everyone will, you know, follow you. You'll be the king of everything. Uh, authority to rule over them. The devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will, I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, this very important reply. You, the, Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. All right, so... When I was a kid, uh, I played hockey. I was a big hockey 
player, big hockey fan. And uh, there was one season, and, and I went played a couple seasons. And I was always like the assistant captain of like these teams that I was playing on, because I was a pretty good player. Um, I really enjoyed playing. Uh, I was a re- like I I was I scored a lot of goals. Uh, I was a leader on the team. And this one season in particular, sadly, I was not named assistant captain of the team. It was actually really a big bummer. I was really upset about this. Uh, and I went to my coach. I was like, Why aren't I assistant captain? Like I've been assistant captain for all these years. Like I, I've earned this. Like, I deserve this. Like, why would this be taken away from me? And I really made it all about me. You know, I think there's times in life where there's temptations where it really makes it all about you. It makes you the focus. You know, there's a word to that. It's called pride. You know, temptations happen that make you the focus, make it all about you, not about other people, not about caring for people or helping people or, or supporting people or, or praying for people. It's not anything that you have to do with that. It's a temptation that has to do with you being the center, being the hero, and we always live this life where we either kind of make ourselves the hero or we make ourselves the victim. And, you know, this is a temptation to make, you know, yourself the hero. You know, yeah, all, the, all these cities, they should, like, bow down and worship me. Yeah, I should be in charge. You know what? And Jesus, I mean, if anyone should be, like, you know, rule as king, which he does, by the way, like, it should be Jesus, right? Look at all the things he does. He heals people, all the miracles, all the great things he's doing. Like, if anyone should do it, it should be him. And Satan is kind of tapping into the, hey, don't you want to be looked at and viewed as important? Here's your opportunity to be important. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. When we start to put ourselves as the most important, someone else has to become the least important. Like when we make ourselves the only one that matters, it means we're saying that other people don't matter. And you know, this was one of those temptations of like, I want to be, and I want to be seen as, and Satan's like tapping into that. Here's the thing. This is what it says. I want you to write this down. It's on the next slide. This is, temptation tells us that we need to have power over everyone. But Jesus tells us that he is the ultimate power and we must only worship him. I know what it feels like to feel like I should be in charge. Like, I should be looked at as more important than I am. I should be viewed with, like, a certain level of, like, you know, authority and, you know, power. You know, the truth is, every moment I take making decisions that, that put me as the, the focus and as the center, all I'm doing is pushing people away from me instead of bringing people in. Jesus knew that there were more important things, even at, uh, during a time of temptation. There's more important things than putting himself at the center. There's more important things. You know, the things that we want, usually God gives us with time. You know, we don't have to force it or manipulate it or control it. Usually the things that we desire most, God gives us over time. But, you know, Satan, he doesn't, he's not a patient guy. He doesn't wait for any of that. So he's telling Jesus, now, do it now, go now. Jesus sees that things are different. He looks at it differently. All right, here's the, the third temptation. So if you're taking notes, this is the perfect thing to write down. It's verses 9 through 12. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. You know, here's the thing about tests, right? You know, prove it, right? Right? I mean, that's, that's really what this temptation is about. Prove 
that you are who you say you are. Prove you can do what you say you can do. You know, when I was in, uh, in junior high, I had a, a you know, knucklehead friend that told me, uh, you know, I wasn't, an, I didn't grow up with a dad, okay, so I was very susceptible to, like, bad advice. And it, he, I had this friend who told me that I wasn't really a man until I had a girlfriend. And I was, like, in sixth grade, okay, I was in sixth grade. Wasn't really a man until I had a girlfriend, and, you know, and if I wanted to prove I was a man, if I wanted to prove I was a guy, I had to, I had to go, you know, find a girl that would date me. And that it was very awkward because I was a very awkward, young, tiny, little sixth grade kid. And it was very, very strange. And, and I went and I had a, ver- a lot of very embarrassing um, conversations with girls who did not want to date me. And, and the motives of why I was talking to them, very odd, very uncomfortable, very awkward. Why would I put myself through that? Like all those weird, awkward conversations, you know, look, feeling embarrassed. Well, it was the temptation of being accepted. I mean, it was the temptation of feeling like you're, you're welcomed into the group and you're approved by the people in the group already. And, you know, that I would buy into this temptation and I would feel like I would have to prove something about myself in order to be welcomed and accepted and to be friends with these guys. You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus is willing to look sometimes foolish in the short term to look right in the long term. You know, he's willing to say, you know what, I don't need to prove anything to you, and if you don't like me for it, or if you think I'm lame because of it, or if you think I'm a wuss because of it, then that's okay with me. And he's willing to look like a wuss, and he's willing to look like, you know, he's someone who can't back up his words. He's willing to look that way in front of Satan. He's willing to say, you know what, I, I don't need to test God. And if you think I need to, then that's, that's really more your problem than it is my problem. Because here's the thing, and this is what's so crazy. Jesus could totally do this. Yeah, I think there comes a moment when you're tempted by someone or something that you just give in, it's just so that the temptation will be over. Like, you just give in so, like, the nagging will stop. You just give in because, like, the pressure is just too much, and it's just easier to give in and then just not have to deal with it than it is to stay strong. Jesus gave us the example of staying strong, even with things that he could do. Now, remember, remember, we're talking about temptation, And we're talking about things that Jesus actually has access to, the things that he can actually do. Just like there's temptations, there's things that you can actually be tempted with, and you can actually give in to those temptations. Jesus lives out the example. You know, this is what I want you to write down. It's not on the next slide. I want to skip over the next slide and go to the last slide. Skip over that one, go to the next one. Go to the next one. Here we go. Verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, this is a key verse. This is like such an important verse. When he had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. You know why this verse is such a key verse, this is such an important verse? Because it tells us something. It tells us that there's never a day that temptation ends. It's just the next opportunity. So when you feel like, oh man, I, like I was tempted, but I totally stood strong, like I didn't give in, like I made it, I'm awesome, like I nailed it, like that's killer, dude. I'm for you. Gals, I'm for you. You stood up to temptation, I'm for you. See you next time. You know, see you next time you're tempted. How are you going to react then? You know, it, it's easy to beat temptation once or twice. Like, you know, you could do it. Especially after this lesson. I think after this lesson, you'll get into, you know, school tomorrow and get ready for Thanksgiving. And you'll be thinking about temptation. You'll be thinking about, like, oh, I don't need to give in to temptation. I don't have to. And, like, maybe the first couple temptations, like, you'll nail it. But then, like, it gets harder and harder. You know why it gets harder and harder? Because temptation never ends. There's just another temptation. There's another opportunity. 
Here's what I love. Here's what I love. I love that when we get tempted, we are not alone. We are not alone in experiencing what temptation is like. Jesus experienced it. We're not alone in, in, in look, having adults around us. We have great leaders. We have a great junior high team who've all experienced temptation. They've lived through it. When you get tempted, you're not alone in your temptation. When you get tempted and you give into it, dude, I've given into temptation before, and I've like lived to regret it. I know what that's like. Here's the big idea for today. I want you to write this down. You can write down your little notes, and then we're going to do something to kind of put a little action to what we talked about. Temptation is normal, and Jesus knows how I feel and how to help me. Temptation is normal. All right, you might think, oh, man, I'm like, the, I'm the oddball. Like, I'm the odd one. Like, you know, no one else gets the temptation I get. I think you'd be surprised because people get tempted. It's a part of life. It's normal. It doesn't make you weird or odd or stand out. Or, it doesn't make you any of those things. Everyone, I get tempted. I'm like, I'm your pastor. I'm like an adult. I get tempted with things all the time. And I look and see how Jesus reacted, and I let that be the gauge in how I react. This is what I want to do. I want to put a little bit of this into action. So in the back, there are a couple tables in the back. I'm going to explain these tables. And we're going to have a little time of response, putting into action what we've learned about temptation. Here is station number one. Station number one is a prayer station. This is an opportunity for you to pray for someone else. And you're going to go there, and there's little sticky, you know, labels there. You're going to write down your prayer, and you're going to stick those prayers to that table. And this is your way of saying, you know what, I don't need something right now. I think especially with Christmas coming up, we are already thinking about the presents we want, and the things we want, and the gifts we want. This is our opportunity to pray for someone else and not worry about what we may want right now. Here's number two, table in the back with the postcards on it. That is a table of thank you. It's a table to write a postcard to someone, to recognize something that they did, to encourage them, to thank them. You know, sometimes we are enticed with the temptation that it's all about us. This is an opportunity to thank someone else. And the third station right over there, this is a prayer request station for you though. And listen, listen, this isn't just a prayer request station for maybe the things you pray about all the time. This is a station for the things that maybe you haven't prayed for, the things that you haven't shared with God, maybe because you were afraid that he couldn't do it or he wasn't powerful enough to do it or he didn't care. Like these are the prayer requests that are like the really serious, maybe the first time you ever wrote it down kind of prayer requests. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to let you guys walk around. We're not dismissing, so don't run out the door. Go and use some of these stations. I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes and then I'm going to dismiss you then. So prayer for someone else. Cards of encouragement and thank you. Prayers for yourself in the back. If you don't, if you don't, then you need to. If you can't pray for someone, no, no, this is for you. Write down a prayer for someone else. Maybe there's someone else you can write. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great you are 
arms are for me Oh, how he loves us Oh, oh, how he loves us How he loves us guys keep wrapping up your station you're at they're going to open up the door and they're going to send you off so you guys can go enjoy thanksgiving enjoy yourself have fun bring me back leftovers i like eating leftovers and uh but if you're still wrapping up a station stay there and wrap it up i'll see you guys later enjoy thanksgiving you're all amazing everyone loves you bye bye